Hi guys. Okay, so this is the Tanya for Chaf Shvat, 20th Vishvat. Um, I am very behind, Baruch Hashem, um, because of the amazing Shabbos that I had. Um, so, yeah, a little bit behind, but it's okay. We're going to flow with this. It was actually really special for me to learn the whole chapter, because chapter 26 basically is was Shabbos, Sunday, and Monday. And so to learn kind of like the whole thing at once as a flow took many hours, but it was also amazing because it was like, I I never like just, like it was over, I was learning over the past few days, but I never like finished completely. Like it was never like, oh, I learned that because it was like, I wasn't ready to record it. And Baruch Hashem, my mind doesn't let me really finish things until I really need to. So... Um, I never like fully, fully like got it. And then tonight as I'm preparing for tomorrow and as I'm preparing to, um, actually like record these, I was really like starting, like reading the whole chapter 26 as a whole. And it's just, it's just incredible. Like Al-Tarabba just knows what he says. So I bless myself. Like Hashem should open my lips literally and be able to share and give across you know the truths of what Alter is saying here uh, i'm gonna stay very simple in today's tanya and tomorrow's tanya um if so if you're reading this it's because you don't want to miss a day so i'm going to try to be very fast and then go in more in depth of chapter 26 in the final chapter i mean in the final part which will be tomorrow at the space um in person so because that, that that part, that part of the chapter is actually not very much words. It's very short. So we're going to really like get into the depth of what chapter 26 is about then. Um, just in very short, what we're going towards in chapter 26, just so you can kind of like pay attention to the theme that Altar keeps talking about in chapter 26, is so, okay, so we're going to, I'm going to tell you guys that and I'm going to go in a little bit about what is happening in Tanya now in general. Like, we just finished 25 practical of Tanya, where the altar has been talking about, you know, that we're abandoning him and that we're not meant to be tzaddikim and that, you know, the life of abandoning is one that essentially is full of parts, is full of impulse and desire and negativity and f- consciousness of separateness, ra, that we're always going to have ra, we're always going to have that consciousness of brokenness of I am not one with the unity of God, you know? That, and it's never going to go away. It's not like one day we're going to wake up and be like, oh, I don't have that anymore. Like, you know, that would be a state of tzaddik. But abandoning is always going to struggle with these things. And essentially what Altar has been telling us for the past 25 chapters is it's true that you're always going to have these experiences and these knocks on your door of your internal world that says all, all everything that parts say, you know, but... At the same time, that Dr. has been telling us that that it's actually close to you in your human experience to also attain access to the state of soul, to also attain access to nefesh alekis, to self, to the space inside of you that it's beyond your parts, um, and that is, you know, in the words of IFS, compassion and courageous and <laughs> has clarity and just is full of love and is full of the desire to be one with the unity of God. 
and the awareness that she is one with the unity of God. You know, that's why the desire is there. Not because like, oh, I'm not it and I want to be it. It's the desire is stemming from this place of like, this is me. <laughs> Everything is God. Everything is love. This is all I want. And so from that space of soul, you can actually, all there has been telling us, you can actually hold all your parts. You can actually acknowledge the fullness of who you are um, from that space of everything is God, including everything, every part of me. So that was the 25 chapters in kind of, whatever, there was a lot more. And a lot of people would not have translated those 25 chapters in the way I just translated it. But that was my take on it. Um, to an extent, there's so much more. I'm just being very simplistic right now. Um, but if you think about it, like really that's what the author was saying. Like everything that the author has been telling us for the past while about the Abba Suteris in the state of Chachma. He's telling us like you have access to the space of soul inside of you. You really, really actually do. And that, and at the same time, the author has been telling us you're never going to get rid of all your parts. So what's the author was saying? The author was saying that you, this state of soul is actually the when you when you gain access to it, you actually have the ability to then become this bainani person, this person that uses that state of soul, the state of self, this consciousness of higherness inside of me to actually. Um, deal with in whatever way that means with all the parts of me and from a place of consciousness and from a place of choice um and actually affect to be in line with my higher self so how does all that lead into chapter 26 well 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 the next few chapters of tanya interestingly enough until the end essentially the way i'm noticing what i'm noticing about them is that i think that the rest of the parts of tanya Freudian slip there, um, is the author of it telling us now that we know that we have, that we're not meant to get rid of our parts and that we, now that we know that we have the space of self that we actually have access to, that is able to guide and lead and parent and nurture and deal with all the parts of us. Then the next question is, well, how the heck do we actually do that? Like, how does that interplay between self and parts happen and naturally the follow-up to that is like well it's going to look different depending on how the part is showing up like it's not like every part needs the same thing you know you know sadness needs one thing and and fear needs another thing and anxiety needs another thing and jealousy needs another thing and you know that interplay between soul and part is very unique and it's going to be unique to each significant each circumstance and essentially, the rest of Tanya is the Altar Abed delving into the differences between each of these parts. Now we're talking about sadness. Later, we're going to talk about apathy. Later, we're going to talk about jealousy. Later, we're going to talk about arrogance. Like it's these experiences that we have that the Altar Abed has been telling us. They're not, you're not having them because you're broken. You're not having them because you're bad. Like you're having them because that's what Hashem is creating you to have. But the question is, now that we know that we have access to this higher state inside of us, the space of self, the space of soul, how can I use my soul? To actually gain leadership over this self, over I mean, over this part, um, because like we said very clearly, two kings can't have one throne, and you can't be led by parts and be led by self. You really can't. At the same time, when you become self-led, your parts don't disappear. They, and we're gonna see what happens. Doctor is in this whole chapter. Doctor is not gonna say never be sad, but the sadness is going to be a sadness that is actually being experienced from the choice of self 
self is going to say, I choose to be sad. And the sadness that comes from that is a completely different sadness that actually leads to an even deeper space of joy and an even even deeper space of connectivity. So so this is essentially, chapter 26 is about, but okay, so that's essentially what we're going to now. How the interplay between soul slash self and parts happen. And it's going to be depend, different dependent on the difference of each part. Um, if you are listening to this, I apologize because I'm for sure going to repeat that again tomorrow at this pace because it's so important. It's like such, a, and it's just so powerful to me. Like Tanya's not random. <laughs> like Tanya's really not random. Anyways, um, so today we're talking about sadness and simcha. And the main theme I get to with today, chapter 26, is that the way, what people say the main theme is, is that sadness is bad, right? Don't be sad. If it's a simcha. But what's interesting is that the is not is not really the Altarba's point. Altarba is not saying that sadness is bad. Altarba is telling us that sadness, as it comes through part without self, is bad. Meaning, sadness that comes from the perspe- from the belief system of separateness and of isolatedness and of things should be different than they are. That kind of sadness is not led with self it is just a reaction from parts and i know how do you know that because it's saying things should be different than they are and self doesn't think anything should be different than it is self thinks that everything is absolutely good just the way it is but self we're going to see later that self wants things to be different in the sense of growth and change and you know positive like self wants us to grow but self never says i wish things had been different Except for sometimes, which we're going to see later, but we'll try to stay focused on what today's talking is about. Um, but just, yeah, just you can keep your eyes open to that, that there's going to be, that type is going to be telling us the difference between two kinds of sadness. And one is the sadness of compulsion, non-conscious, I'm a failure, things should be different, everything's bad, you know, kind of the this, this sadness that leaves, that leads to like, okay, then I'm just going to go do the vices that I have and like Taivas I literally the altar said that these kinds this kind of sadness leads to Taivas Alamhaza because when you wish things were different to such an extent, you end up needing to numb yourself because things won't be ever be different <laughs> in the sense of what happened is what happened. And so the more you beat yourself up if I wish it didn't happen, it's like a never ending cycle because you can't actually change the past. So it ends up leading to this desire to numb and and taiva, which is I want things to be different. So it's essentially the symptom and the cause. Um, like I want something that I don't have. That's a taiva. It's I will be okay once I get this other thing. Um, animal soul consciousness, right? That's literally consciousness of separateness. I need that in order to feel okay. But the second kind of sadness that Dr. Ritterberg teaches us about, and he's not going to really tell us this fully until the end, is a sadness that comes from a space of soul, a space of self. And this kind of sadness says, I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who God is. I know what life is. And so, it's posnished, as Abraham Tversky said his father would say. He said that his father would always say, it's posnished. Like, it's not befitting. It's not me. And it hurts my heart that I would ever reflect something that is not the unity of Hashem. That hurts because I know in truth I am only the unity of God. I know in truth life is only the unity of Hashem. 
So to ever spend a moment not reflecting that truth, it hurts. And that's the sadness that leads to change because it's the sadness that says, so now let me go reflect the unity. Now let me go reflect God. So going inside, I didn't expect to do that whole long introduction. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Shkach Pratis. Always, always, always. Okay. Perak Chavav. Baram Kigain. This must be made known as a cardinal principle. It's with the service of Hashem, just as it is with a physical analogy of two people wrestling, and one is trying to make the other person fall down. If one of them is lazy and sluggish and heavy, like this heavy mm, falling down to the earth. He's going to fall very easily, even if he is actually stronger than his friend. Why? Because he has that heaviness, he has that laziness, he has that sadness. It's also with the conquest of our Yetzer. And in this case, Yetzer is this part that is, well, actually that's not true. I made a mistake with that. The Yetzer is, in this context, anything that's Yetzer Hara. It's, it's any inclination towards separateness. And truth is, that could also be the, separate, the inclination towards sadness. But in, in this lifetime, what the Altar has been telling us to do, which is that soul over matter, right? Soul over Yetzer. Consciousness of God over consciousness of Zeh. Over Olam HaZeh. Over, you know? And to win that fight, to be alert and alive inside of that fight, sadness isn't very helpful. <laughs> it's impossible to win um, if you don't if you if you are heavy and lazy. where does heaviness and laziness come from? Laziness and sluggishness actually come from sadness that dull the heart like a stone. This is going to be a big theme in this chapter that the experience of self is a reflection of the story, right? So we're going to talk about sadness here, not as only an emotion, but sadness as it is an experience in my mind. Sadness is not only the way I feel my body. Sadness is the belief that I'm having about myself, about my past, and about my life. And that it's that belief that I'm having about myself and my past and my life leads to this atzlus uchvedus, leads to this laziness and sluggishness. On the contrary, and that makes it very hard to live in affirmative action, live in the space of being able to choose soul over matter. Ki'im, on the other hand, and this is going to be the flip side of that, bizrizus, if you live a life of alacrity, where does this alacrity, where does this emotional state of adrenaline towards wanting to do good, wanting to live a life of light, come from? It comes from joy and an open heart. So, and again, so now this simcha isn't an emotion. The simcha is a state of mind. What is the state of mind? That's unblemished by any trace of worry and sadness in the world. Essentially, happiness is the state beyond story. It's the state that says... Everything is God. <laughs> and that it's a state inside of me. And even honestly, 
It doesn't even have to be everything that's God, everything is God. It could even just be, I know that the story about this moment isn't the full extent of what it is. You know, I, I'm in a state of trust, I'm in a state of flow, I'm in a state of presence. Present people are happy people, right? Presence says, presence says, I am not my, my mind's vision of this moment. I am in the moment. But again, the emotional experience of either laziness or of alacrity, of either sluggishness or of I want to move and dance and go and sing is not, the emotion is a reflection of the mind state, which is either simcha or atzvahs. What about the statement that says in every sadness there will be a prophet? Because that would seem that there's a prophet from sadness. So what is the prophet? So sadness itself doesn't have the virtue, it's the prophet that comes from the sadness. This is the true joy that follows the sadness, and we're going to see later what this true joy is. I'll just talk more about it. It comes after the bitterness of soul and a broken heart, which comes at specific times. The altar is going to talk about all this later, so I'm not even going to get into it. But just notice three things here. The altar said, true simcha. So there's a difference between true simcha and not true simcha. There's a difference between true atzvahs and not true atzvahs, and the concept of set times. That it's not just, oh, I feel sad, so I'll feel sad. What does that mean? Set times, we're going to see later. Shai dezeh, nishbra, and also we're going to see later what it means, a broken heart. It does not mean feeling bad about yourself, in case you're wondering. This breaks the spirit of impurity, the spirit of non-transparency between me and Hashem. This is what the broken heart does. Again, we're going to see later what all this means. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Support me with your generous spirit. This is why the Arizal said that you should say after the Tikkun Chatzais, um, there was a there, you say this pasuk of Tehillim, which is all about joy. Tikkun Chatzais is this very intense tefillah of like brokenness, and it leads to this pasuk of Tehillim. Because true joy in studying Torah specifically comes after the remorse of this Tikkun Chatzais. Because the joy after sadness is similar to the light after darkness. So it says that Zayar comments on that King Solomon saw, saw that wisdom surpasses foolishness like light surpasses darkness. And the question is, did it take Shlomo HaMalach to see that wisdom is greater than foolishness and that light is greater than darkness? Like that's obvious. But Shlomo HaMalach's innovation here is that it's not only that it's greater it's that the 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 light that that you experience after darkness is actually a greater light if there's light right literally the way that our our eyes actually work is actually similar is actually in this way i'm not going to get into it because i don't understand that enough but it's 
to wet your pupils and dilation. Anyways, if the light is on and then you're looking at the light and it's great, but you turn off the light and you turn on the light again, that second light is actually going to be feel greater. So this is the same thing as the joy that comes from sadness, that it actually is a qualitatively greater joy. So, um, it's just this pasuk that says you didn't serve Hashem with joy and essentially saying that to serve Hashem with joy basically I tried rushing I'm not going to rush do this fully because you did not serve Hashem your Lord with joy you were going to be punished so what does that mean? it's not only that because you didn't serve Hashem with joy when you had everything it's when you didn't have everything, you didn't. When you didn't have a revelation of revelation of light and goodness, you didn't serve Hashem the same way that you would serve Him when you do have everything that you need, and even greater. You did not serve God with a joy greater than that caused by an abundance of everything. So, I don't really know how that fits here, to be honest. Um. Anyways. Essentially, joy is what's up. And so far, the altar has been saying that even the sadness is only profitable when it leads to greater joy. Um, so thus far, this is what we're up to. Um, see you tomorrow slash in a few minutes. <laughs> um, but I'm just trying to see. Yeah, I know. But the main other point of of this beginning of the parak is is this concept of that simcha and atzvus aren't emotional reactions they're actual states of being inside of my mind they're states of self-talk they're states of perception so everything that we're going to go forwards from here is like we actually do have power in this area you know because they're not states that happen to us they're states that we create through intention just like the other has been telling us this whole tanya you know the state of abandonment is someone that has moach shalat al which doesn't mean that, oh, I can control my heart. It's that I actually, my heart is a reaction to my thoughts. L'chaim, I'm going to stop this recording now. And yeah, to be continued. <laughs>